Hey, it's me, Nicole. Before we get on with the show, I wanted to ask you for a huge favor. If you're a fan of Winhurst United, I could really use your support to continue to grow this platform. So if you don't mind and you have time, I would truly appreciate you helping me out. There are four ways that you can help. I would love if you would help in all four ways, but at least help in one if you can't help in all four. So the ways are by subscribing, by rating, by writing a review, and by sharing the podcast out. I truly appreciate you, and I want to thank you in advance for your continued support. Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winhurst United, your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I am excited that you're listening today. I hope you find this information useful, and if you do, it would make my day to hear from you. Go over to winhersunited.com and leave me a message in the contact form. I would love for you to share your takeaways and your thoughts with me. Now let's get on with what you came here for. This is season six, episode 14, entitled, You Don't Know What You Don't Know with Donna Castillo. So Donna, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today. We're looking forward to hearing about you and your journey as well as your insights. Nicole, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that journey with your listeners. I I truly appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. So let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally. So my first job was as an executive assistant to a tax department at Varian. And while I was there, I got a trade show binder dropped on my desk. They said, you're going to do a trade show. Mm. I had no idea. I never even heard that word. No idea. Because you don't know what you don't know. And I said, well, what is that? He goes, well, it's it's kind of like when you go to the flea market. (laughs) White tents. But yours is 100 by 100. So I still have absolutely no idea what he's talking about. I immediately called everyone in the company and found the person that could mentor me. And they mentored me through my first booth build, my first um, airplane ride to Atlanta, my first hotel by myself. Everything was a first on that trip. And I learned it and I loved it. And, and I climbed that corporate ladder and I became a corporate marketing executive where I was doing branding and events and trade shows and, and responsible for the e-learning programs. Mm. And then that company, it was great. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I had a great team, great budget traveled the world, right? Stayed at the best restaurants, best hotels, couldn't ask for more. But the company got bought Mm. by a company in Phoenix, Arizona. I couldn't go to Phoenix, Arizona. My family's here. And I had sold and bought my own house. I was on my eighth house. I get bored. So I was on my eighth house and I decided I was tired of paying somebody else commission. Let me put some of that money in my own pocket. Mm. Became a realtor and started doing it full time. That's how I got where I'm at today. Wow, wow. That's by accident. I'm so grateful that guy dropped that binder on my desk that day, right? I love that. You know, and you said something that I really love and I admire, I'll say as well, is that you were given something that you didn't know what to do, right? So instead of kicking and screaming, instead of being resistant, you went and looked for someone that could mentor you and help you, right? Because I feel like a lot of times we're given these tasks, but we're not given any direction from maybe our immediate boss. And I know with me personally, I haven't been as bold as going outside of my team to look for help. So I think that's amazing that you decided to reach out to anyone you could so that you can get the help that you needed. And I I think that's uh, when I say you don't know what you don't know, I didn't know that maybe I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Or, or there's hierarchy. Why am I going to the vice president of corporate marketing to see who can help me? I never understood that. Mm. Taught me that. 
when I was growing up. So it was really natural for me to just do that. I just, I never present me with a problem. I'm not going to say, no, I'll figure it out. I love it. Yeah. I love that. You just put up another point though too, right? It's like, you didn't have those, is it inhibitions or, or you, you just, you didn't have those, yes, those limitations on you, right? Which like, oh, she's not supposed to do that. So you didn't have that mindset, which actually enabled you to flourish. So that's awesome. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, my mother was a stay-at-home mom. When I got older, she worked at a, like a little cafe. So she wasn't going to show me and teach me. She had no knowledge about the corporate world and corporate culture. So she had no idea. And so, and so therefore I had no idea. I had nobody in my life that was going to teach me that at that time. And I just kind of fumbled through it and made it happen. Thank, and I'm really grateful for that. Really grateful I love it. I love that job. That was a great awesome. job. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. A lawyer. I always wanted to, and I don't know why. Probably because my mother made me watch Perry Mason with her all the time. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be that lawyer. But I think I always, everything I do is, uh, is it comes from service. I, always, I love helping somebody else. And, and seeing them flourish. I love mentoring. I love coaching. And I love when somebody, I'm a religious, so when that person buys their first house and they put that key in, my God, it's the best feeling in the world. And so I wanted to be a lawyer and I actually used that topic. I went to St. Francis High School, which is a private Catholic school here in Mountain View. And I used that in front of the interview panel. I think that's what got me into St. Francis. And so I did, but I never... Once again, I never understood what it took mm. to be a lawyer because mm. I didn't, my parents never went to college. I had nobody around me went to college. So yeah, I want to be a lawyer, but, but I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand taking SATs and, and going away to college, and, and, which is really unfortunate. Probably one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't know, but I didn't know. It was during the time when we had affirmative action. I was an honor roll student at a really prestigious Catholic school. Mm. I could have gone anywhere I wanted to go to college for free in those days, right? And I didn't take advantage of that. And I, that's kind of hurt me a couple of times in my life, in my career, especially. Oh, wow. But so did you, did you go to like a local college or? No oh, you didn't go? Okay. Okay. You know no, what? And that's, wow. Well, look at how far you came without that, right? So that's proof that you don't necessarily need it. But I do understand how you feel far as maybe a dream but it doesn't have to be the end it's like a dream deferred you could always go if you want to right I make my kids go to college okay I live through that now <laughs> and I mean that sincerely my my kids you can live with me for free until the day you get a diploma I don't care how long it takes I, they always knew that right they've all gone to college I still have one at home because there was this one particular job and you're gonna laugh it was Google before I went public well, there was a small little company in Mountain View and they had a director of events position and I applied and I, I had the job, had the experience, no problem. I was, I was getting processed and they go, where'd you go to college? I never went. Oh, sorry. We only hire people with a college background. And, you know, less than a year later, the company went public and even the receptionist is a millionaire, right? And I and I missed out on that opportunity because I didn't have I didn't have college in my background, and so I use that story a lot with my kids. You know, you know, I go, you don't want to be Google, you know, <laughs> pay attention. And so, you know, I, they go, well, I don't know what I want to be. That's fine. You're not supposed to know at 18. You know, pick the the degree with least resistance. Just get through it and have it in your background so that you. That, so as women of color, right? Let's eliminate as many barriers. As, as you possibly can. We're already female. Mm. We're already, you know, women of color, right? We're, we're in a technology-based area. You have to remove those barriers. You got to at least go to college in this area. And if you can get a triple E after your name, that's even better, right? Because it's a technology area. Mm. So I just, I just really push that. It's just remove barriers as much as you can. Wow. You know, that's a great point. I've heard college is overrated and things like that which at times I do agree but I will say that that's the way our world is set up and if you want to exist in this world you have to go with the flow right I mean you can go against the grain but that may be a longer harder road and why why do we want to continue to make things harder for ourselves than they already are 
Right. I mean, th there's Mark Zuckerberg, right? He didn't finish college. He at least tried, but he never went. You know, I don't think Gates ever finished either, right? And so the, it's just really a handful of people. And guess what? I don't know any women that are that successful that didn't go to college, right? Who mm. didn't go to? I, I can't even think of somebody who's super successful that doesn't have any college in their background. And so it's real. The numbers are, you know, the odds are against you. So mm. let's put some odds in your favor, right? Let's, Good let's point. Put some positive there. Good point. Good point. Okay. So you talked a little bit about your family, but do you want to elaborate on what kind of upbringing you had as a child? Kids are supposed to be, you know, seen, not heard, right? Mm. Very, very traditional. I'm Puerto Rican, so very, very traditional Hispanic upbringing, and especially as a female. So I a very strong female role. You're supposed to clean house. You, I cleaned my brother's room his whole life. Oh, wow. He never had to clean. Yeah. It's cook, clean, and you know, you get married at 18, you leave the house in a white dress because that's what you're supposed to do, you know, and, and have kids, and that's it. So, I, no one ever talked to me about college or careers or investments. What's a 401k? What stock? I, you know, none of that. And they didn't have that. And then to, to, to stick up for my parents, they didn't have that knowledge either, right? So, they, they didn't know to give that to me. And because Hispanics, we're, we're so tight, right? We're always with our tribe, every birthday party, funeral, what, weddings, whatever. It's the same, you know, 100 people maybe, right? That's it. And then you have little parties with the same smaller groups of that same 100 people. And so I never had anybody to teach me. So nobody ever taught me the, the saying that if check out your friends mm -hmm. and see who you hang out with. And if you're the smartest one, get new friends, right? Nobody said that to me. So... I didn't, I just didn't know. And so it was very, you know, I got married when I was supposed to, I had kids when I was supposed to. And then my husband had an affair, I got divorced and I did not have a relationship with my family for probably about two years. Two mm. years. And so that's when I went out on my own, had to get a job, had to get daycare and learn how to maintain myself financially, right? And bills and all those things where I had no knowledge, I never, I never even got allowance as a kid. My mom would say, why do you need allowance? You get everything you want, you know? So, you know, instead of using that as, a, as an opportunity to teach me something, they didn't. And so that, that was really difficult. And so it took, it took a long time for me to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Making those connections and networking with people without even realizing that that's what I was doing. Yeah. It was, it was, it was tough, super tough. Yeah. And I can totally relate because I feel like for as smart as I know I am, I made a lot of decisions that were the contrary because those things weren't poured into me. Like you could be whatever, you could go to this school, that school. I was raised by my great-grandmother and my grandfather. So you know, like my grandmother's passed away, but my grandfather's 80 years old, you know? So that era of go to school, get a job, I did go to college, but it's like, go to school, go to college, get a job. But, and I think the college came from my mom, but it was not like you could be whatever you want to be, you know, your wildest dreams, even the pay attention to your friends. Like I'm just within the last, let's say 10 plus years hearing the watch out who you're around, which when I did hear it and I kind of did an assessment, I had to make some major changes because <laughs> I didn't like right? the picture. Sorry, not sorry. Right. And I could totally understand that. And it is, it's unfortunate, right? But at least we did figure it out because there's some people out there that never do. Thank God. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting with my parents too, I have no idea. Why would you put me at a private school my entire life where I was the token Hispanic every year? So, you know, every year I would, there was a token Hispanic, Asian, and a black, right? That was it. Everybody else was blonde hair, blue eyed. And it went like that in St. Francis. They were, those people were very unwealthy. Mm. So you know, their houses were on the top of Los Altos Hills, right? I mean, the ten, I mean now, like the $10 million houses. That's what I grew up around. My parents, when they first bought a house, it was because my dad was in a bad car accident. And so they bought a house at the brass rail. The brass rail, <laughs> do you know what the brass rail is? It's a no. stripper club the stripper club why would you buy a house with kids by the stripper house never understood that 
So I'm a kid, so <laughs> and there was a little market next door. So we would ride our little swim bikes. Me and my girlfriend ride our little bikes. We'd go to George's Market. I always ate sunflower seeds. This one ate Kit Kats. You know, we eat a little, you know, Reese's Pieces, whatever. And we would sit across the street from the, the stripper place because it came in like Cadillacs and the girls had go-go boots and like a ton of clothes. And we would say, we don't know what they're doing, but we need to do that. <laughs> we had no idea, right? Mm. And so, but then yet she put me in a private school where everybody went to college. Everybody was lawyers and doctors and off to Harvard's and you know, the Ivy League schools. Talk about confusing, right? Then I'd come home and you know, it was the complete opposite of that. So it was, it was a strange upbringing. It was confusing. You know, they would give advice about what, what do you want to do when you grow up and things like that. But I just blocked it out because that wasn't part of my world, right? Mm. And, uh, I know that it should be. Mm. Now I go back to, oh, now I know what they meant. You know, <laughs> I had no idea back then. Wow. So listen to it because I didn't know I should be listening. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I get it totally. We're like all sad now. We're all sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we'll bring it back. But it's stuff that it's life, right? It's life and, and it is what it is, right? And you brought up something that I think a lot of people we know, but is it talked about whereby it's like, why do people choose the lifestyle they choose, right? But if that's all you know, and that's all you see. So it makes me think like how in the inner city, most, you know, a lot of the kids grow up and they're drug dealers. Right. But like if they grow up poor and the only people they see with money are the people that are selling drugs, then they're going to be like, oh, well, that's who I want to be like. And you kind of alluded to that. Yeah. Same story. It's like you saw these women coming back and forth. It's like, oh, I want to do what they do. You know, not even knowing as a child that's that that's not what you want to do. Right. So upbringing has a lot to do with how we're shaped and how we form. And and we're so innocent and we don't really know what we're choosing and how it'll play out. Until we're in it, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. You wow. know, going back, if it wasn't for that one gentleman, and I remember his name, it's George Ballog, who put that binder in front of my desk and for whatever reason thought that I can get it done, right? But, you know, the one thing that I did learn, too, because of our upbringing, we're raised, you know, that female role, right? We take care of everybody else. Mm. And so... And that's always how I've been. I'm going to take care of that booth for you. I'll take care of the hotel. I'll, you know, I'll, whatever it is, I'll, I'll do it. Cause you know, we're caretakers just naturally. That's how we're raised. Mm -hmm. And so I did not know, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. I did not know not to do that because what I've learned now looking back is the minute they, they label you as the helper, you're going to never really get a promotion mm. because, because if, if, uh, if I promote you, then who's going to help me? Right? Wow. And so, and I learned that lesson because when the company got bought, I was really close to the president. I did, I was the only one that could hold his briefcase. I did everything for that man. But I never became a senior director for, mm. for absolutely no reason. I should have been. I managed the biggest budget out of the whole, I, had, I managed over $50 million a year, a team of over 10 people, no reason. So when the company got bought, I got a lot of RSUs, right? Great. RSUs, restricted stock options. I had $800,000 worth. That's going to be my retirement. Mm. Um, when they purchased, when, when the subtle company purchased that mill where I was at, you had to be a senior director and above for your RSUs to automatically mature. Mm. My $800,000 did not mature and just went away. And yeah. And so, you know, even though, I did everything. I was on budget. I extremely successful events and everything like that. I did not get that one promotion to ensure that I got uh, my RSUs. And I, and it's truly because I was the helper. Wow. And I think that's one mistake, huge mistake that hmm. I wish, you know, I, I teach that one to everyone, everyone I can to hmm. not be the helper. That's so interesting, right? Because I struggle with a lot of my corporate America time. And mm -hmm. I recall on one of my performance reviews that I was labeled the go-to person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I had, I have not gotten the promotions that I know I deserve, 
right? So you saying that, you're like, you know, the emoji where your head is bust open, like you <laughs> bust my whole head open by saying that. And we are, and that's how we're raised to be. Like I was raised by my great grandmother. You walk in the door, are you hungry? Like that's the first thing that you say to everybody that walks through the door. Like you want to help everybody. And, and you're the last one to eat. Yeah, you're the last one to eat. Everybody else eats first. You clean the kitchen, you know, and you get a bite to eat as, as quickly as you can so that everybody else is okay, right? That's what you do. And I and I took that to work. So let me say I'm doing a huge event for let's say I've done events for ten thousand people, right? But if I saw my president, I know what he like. I know what he likes. I know that he what he likes to eat. I know that after he eats um, his lunch in the afternoon, he likes a warm chocolate chip cookie with some milk. I knew that. I would go, I would go to the chef. I go see that man over there. After he finishes eating, bring, you know, I knew to take care of him like that. And he always knew I, that he was going to get that chocolate chip cookie. I'll never forget that. But why did I have to do that? I didn't have to do that. That's not part of my job, but I'm a caretaker just naturally. Right. And if you're him, would you say no? No. Bring me my damn cookie. I don't care. You know, you know, he's, he's happy. Right. He wasn't paying, you know, he didn't have to to pay for a personal assistant to do these things for him to be on me and mm. so that really and I, I i try to tell my daughters that as much any, anybody i'll tell anybody that that you cannot be the helper you we work all hours until it gets done i would find that my co-workers are at the same level they would say oh no no that's not in my job description if you want me to do that then, that I need to get a raise or a promotion or a title change or what they always negotiate out. And I would think like, it's a big deal. Just do it. You know? mm. oh. That hurt me. Wow. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Making you think. Huh? <laughs> um, I'm told you mind blow. Right, so let's move on. Look. <laughs> so what was a pivotal point in your life and how did it shape who you are today? there's a lot of them, but one in particular, we'll talk about my finances. So I, I got divorced. I'm, I'm working, but I'm renting because, you know, what else am I going to do? I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that I could buy a house by myself without a husband. And, mm. and I don't know if that was, and that was probably subconsciously, right? I didn't know. And I have, I went in and met a friend of mine and his name was Dave. And Dave goes, so Donna, what's your, you going to drink? What's your final plan? I'm like, five year. I barely know what I'm going to do Friday, five year, right? I don't understand five year plan. What, what? He goes, he goes, well, then how do you track if you're progressing in life? And I was like, wow. For me, that was the most profound statement I've ever heard. And then he goes, okay, so if you don't have a five year, do you have one year? I was like, no, I don't. And he just kept digging. And he says, okay, so what do you, what do you want the most? And he kept digging. I said, you know, I would love to have a home where my girls can always come to, that, that it's home, it's home based, no matter what, they can come home. He goes, well, buy a house. Oh, there, there was that second, I could buy a house. Wow. Well, how do you do that? And, and he explained it to me. I was working at Adobe at the time. I, I know that when I signed up for the job, here's 401k, max it out. Okay. I didn't know what 401k was. And then there was an employee stock purchase plan. Okay. Sign up, max out on that. Okay, I'll max out. I just maxed out because that's what they told me to do. Yep. I had more than enough money to buy a house. I just had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so I had, he walked me through the process. And in about six months, I owned my first house. Good for you. And, and so, you know, I was able to buy my first house. Of course, my family's like, why'd you buy a house by yourself? They didn't understand, you know, that whole, that, that was, that was weird. They just never understood why I did it for myself. But, uh, but I did. And, and I just wish he would have taught me about investing as well <laughs> in that same conversation, but he didn't. That was a pivotal moment because I've been a homeowner ever since. And my girls do have a home base now. And even though I've bought and sold, they know they can always come home. And I'm not paying somebody else's mortgage. I'm paying my own mortgage every month, right? And investing in myself. And, and that's really important now. I love that. I love that. And I mean, that's really pivotal. <laughs> Because it led to where you are now as being a realtor, right? So that's like right. that's right. That yeah, that was that first moment. And I tell them that all the time. We're still friends. Then I started buying and selling my own house. I don't want to live here anymore. I want, you know, I want a bigger house. I want a pool. I want, you know, whatever it was. And I've been able to do that. I just didn't understand investing until recently and, and how you should invest. I thought if you bought rental property, it has to be here because who's gonna pay attention to it? 
where it could be anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You can buy a house in Cleveland for $100,000 and rent it out for 900. Talk about cash flow, residual income, all those things, right? Because now I have to think about it because remember that $800,000 that went away because I didn't have my RSUs anymore. Mm -hmm. I got to replace it with something. So I'm replacing it with investment. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Do. Okay, so tell us about what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally. Good question, Nicole. So I'm a lifelong learner. I'll take a cl any class. I will go online and listen to any video. I bet Keller Williams, they have a huge library mm -hmm. of online training classes or 20-minute videos to help you with, let's say, mindset, especially in, in this market today. What's your mindset? They talk about how to control your expenses in this climate. So it's always that learning process. I have a coach as well that helps me stay focused. I have a little bit of ADD and I tend to be all over the place. Can you tell? No, <laughs> I she relate. That's all. That's why I'm nodding because I can relate. <laughs> yeah, so she kind of grounds me to make sure I'm staying focused personally and professionally and surrounding myself with the right people mm -hmm. too. So I want to be a top producer. Let me let me check it out. Who's a top producer around me, right? And I mm. will latch on to that person and whatever they do. Let me guess what I'm doing it too, right? Mm. And um and go to the advice and, and try to engage as much as possible. So it can be really formal training. I'll go away for three days and take a formal class. It's or it's online or it's podcasts and 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 talking to, and networking. Okay. Thanks for that. I yeah. love that. And I do agree with lifelong learning. I'm an advocate and well, I you have to. like, we're never too old. And the moment you stop learning, it's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> well, I, you know, I learned about investments by just reading, um, the millionaire investor by Gary Keller. Okay. So I'm really, I'm really fortunate. I started at another company and I found my way to, to KW and KW is really a technology company. That, that sells homes. Mm. It's really kind of so it fits well with my marketing background and my corporate background. Mm -hmm. I understand CRM systems and campaigns and drips. I get all that. And they provide that to you for free. Now I can focus on selling a house wow. or, or buying a house or anywhere else. It's the opposite. You have to invest a lot of money to get those, those systems in place. Mm. So that's, that made me think of strategic alliances. It's important to pay attention to who we connect ourselves to. And I mean, it's just like what you say, even with the circle, but I think sometimes people think the circle as far as friends, but even the circle as far as who you're doing business with, as, as far as who you're working for or who you're partnering with, making sure that those people are feeding you what you need as well as you, you know, it's, a, it's an even exchange. And I think a lot of times we think like if we're working with someone or for someone, we have to, you know, make sure that we're giving whatever it's supposed to be. But like, what are we getting as well? Like, like we need because we're givers, right? We're givers. Yeah. We want to give. I will always want to make enough money that I can say no to somebody. I don't want to work with you, mm. right? And not be. They call it. I don't want to have commission breath, right? I'm so desperate for the next deal or you know for the next opportunity to make money that I'll partner with anyone. And mm. that's not what I want to do because when you do that, you're really not giving yourself enough credit. I, I know that I can do this. And it's a matter of really paying attention. You really have to pay attention to that circle. Mm. Friends and business, both. It's really right, super good. important. Yeah. Good, good. All right. So do you have a morning routine? And if so, can you share it with us? I do. I break it a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can well, relate. This, so you really, you really, this is a judgment-free <laughs> zone. <laughs> good, good. So ideally, you get up at five, right? And I love journaling. I write down my gratitudes. I write down my affirmations. The night before I check out, I review what I need to do the next day as much as I can. And then just review it again. And then try to take a walk or maybe do a quick video exercise in my living room. So just get the blood going. I need to focus more on myself. And that's kind of my commitment to myself this year. It's been a, tough, it's been a crazy year already, right? But mm. I am going to commit to getting myself in better shape and eating better. And then take a shower, getting dressed. Well, you used to take a shower, you get dressed and walk out the door. Now take a shower and go in your home office and, and start working. And I do close the door and everybody knows that the door is closed. 
not to knock on the door and, and give me a lot of interruptions. I'll come out. I try to go out and, in the morning and at lunch and you know, just not sit here all day. And so the mornings, and so it's really about time blocking. So the morning is really, you know, getting centered if I have to meditate or whatever it is to get in that right, you want the right mindset, right? When you start that day, I don't want to start calling people and be like, oh, what are you doing? You know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks for calling. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you want to be in the right mindset. You want to, you know, you want to go in with the attitude that you're going to bless somebody. Mm. You tell them that day. And if you're blessing them, they'll bless you back. And so, and then, so the morning is really about prospecting. Take lunch. Afternoon is about any kind of appointments I need to have or maybe some personal things, pay bills or hang out with my daughter, whatever it is. And then I try to, stop around 5 36 it's not always ideal so you know sometimes it is what it is but i really got to focus on family as well right I, it's really a hard balance but you know they say happy wife happy life but you know happy family you have to have a happy family you don't want that to deteriorate i still have a 16 year old at home so i got what two years left before she takes off and goes to college so the, the, the evenings are important and i try to read before i go to bed for about a half hour mm. minutes. try to get some reading in and then crash because five o'clock in the morning comes really fast wow well thanks for that look you you gave us a little more but i love it and i love that i think it's all about balance right and structure like balance and structure which i know for me like i think i ran from both of those for a while and they helped me to thrive but yet for some reason i kind of evaded them you know and wondered why I was in some of the whirlwinds that I was in, right? And like you said, it's like, okay, it's nice to want to work and achieve and build and create. But then if you have a family, you have children, then you're not, you don't have balance. So it's like, okay, you may be so successful over here, so successful over here, meaning in the business realm. But if you're neglecting your family, then you're not successful. Like we are whole people and we have to pay attention to all the moving parts of our lives and not just throw ourselves totally into one and neglect the other one. So I love that. You're totally right. You have to, you have to pay attention to your business yet. And you have to pay attention to yourself as well. And so mm-hmm. and sometimes yes. things are out of balance. So for me personally, right now, things are a little bit out of balance. My daughter's going through some, some things that I can't avoid and I have to be there more for her. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's business and sometimes it's me take care of myself, suffer. And then, you know, it's really understanding and being, aware that that's happening because now if I if I have to go I'll be at the hospital next week with her at Stanford and so what I do is okay when she sleeps I'm going to bring everything and I'm going to work but then when she's awake it's all about her and so just finding those moments where you can find balance and sometimes when I'm at the hospital with her I, I'll go for a walk you know because she's asleep and just take off and there's some great trails by Stanford and go for a walk and just clear my mind and come back and it's your faith too. You know, you gotta pay attention to your spiritual side as well. Mm-hmm. I, for me, to feel whole. Yes. Uh, if I if I'm too scattered, I, I feel broken, and mm. it's harder harder for me. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Thanks for that. All right. So you mentioned positive affirmations, and you said that you say them. So do you mind sharing maybe your top two or one favorite with us? I'm a magnet. And I attract people to me without hurting them, right? Without affecting them. I forget what it is. I write it down 10 times. Or it's, I live a life of abundance. Mm. I, I, they're always positive in what I want my life to be. Yeah. Um, I, not what it is or any negative. I, I, like, I like that one. You know, I live a life of abundance because that's what I want. And I really feel that what you focus on expands, right? And so... Mm. Instead of focus on negative, focus on the positive. I'm a, I'm a top producer. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not a one percenter, but I'm going to be one percenter. And it's focusing on that as well. Okay. Yeah, so it, it depends on what's going on in my life and what, what I want to focus on that, that I want to bring into my life. Okay, I like that. And I like the I like the magnet in relation to people, right? Like in the past, I've heard, and I've even said it as far as me being a money magnet. I said money you know, is attracted to me and flows to me freely. And that was not because I'm money hungry, but because I've had a negative relationship with money in the past 
because I'm money driven, right? But I had to change what I was saying because I think I was keeping money away from me as opposed to realizing like, I don't have to be driven by money, but that doesn't mean that I don't deserve money, right? So one of mine was, I'm a money, I'm a money magnet, money follows me everywhere I go, right? So. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start like, you're cleaning the, you, I'll go back to cleaning because you know, that's how I was raised. All of a sudden you're cleaning, let's say you do laundry, you find $20 in the dryer, you're like, yep, I'm a money magnet. Right, okay. But I like that with the people magnet. Yeah, so I wrote, last night I wrote different ones. This was, I'm motivated, I'm powerful, I live a life of abundance, I'm a magnet, attracting abundance to my life, and I'm fearless. Mm. And I just wrote that 10 times. And, and I say it out loud as well, because if you want something, you gotta let the universe know. Yes, yes, I agree. So and I like the fact it. that you write it yourself as well. I, I like that. Journal. Do you yeah. journal? I do, I do. I, um, I journal and not that long ago i was back i was still in this situation i wasn't happy in and i went back and i read and it was like mic drop i totally understood why i was in this situation i immediately got myself out of it mm. you know sometimes when you're in it you don't realize you're in it mm -hmm. and uh, when i took a moment to go back and what's going on and i just read a lot of what i had been journaling and it was so obvious what i was doing once i reflected on it oh wow wow it for my life Okay, so tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how you changed as a result. The, the investor, becoming an investor and focusing on that and, and, and committing to it and understanding it because investing isn't easy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of research and really committing to it because I want to be successful because like I said, I have to replace that, that $800,000 that are gone. And so how am I going to do it? So it's, it's that commitment and understanding that I needed to commit to it. So as, like I said, I was reading the millionaire investor and when he started explaining it, it was probably the first chapter. I was like, oh, I get it now. How else am I going to get residual income? I didn't understand residual income. I mean, you, you hear it from people that, that all like Mary Kay makeup or things like that, right? They get that residual income when people repurchase. And so my mind was that's residual income. Mm. But residual income is also when you own rental properties and every month money comes to you mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to, I don't have to get up and uh, sell houses that day. It just comes. And so I have uh, went out and I've met, there's a gentleman named Gene Rivers who has a team of a thousand agents that works for him. Mm. Thousand, right? Wow. And he owns, he owns a lot of rental properties, but he also owns a house in Canada where he likes to ski. He owns a place in New York and a place in Colorado Springs. And so watching him, listening to him and learning from him is kind of what the aha moments. And it's, a bunch, it's like a bunch of little ones that finally went, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to do to, be, to better myself for me and my family. And then start creating some generational wealth. I love that. I love that. And you said the book was Millionaire, Billionaire? Oh, uh, the, the, yeah, we're going to be billionaire, but it's uh, the Millionaire Investor. Oh, millionaire investor. Investor, yeah, I got it. I love years. that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that answers one of the questions, one of the books that you're reading. So I appreciate you for sharing I, that. I, I think I'm usually reading a couple. Okay, we have another. You want to share? I love Miracle Mornings because that's a quick read. And I read it over and over again. Okay. It's about how a gentleman's life was became dysfunctional until we focused and mm. started having that morning routine of affirmations and gratitude. And that's kind of how I started doing that. Wow. I read a book called The Shift because this is definitely a shifting market mm. and how I can, how can I improve my, my skill set so that I could adjust to that market because this isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. But when it's over, I, I'm at the top again. I don't want to, I don't want to walk away from real estate. So it's a struggle. It, you know, you got to hustle right now and I'm doing whatever it takes to make it happen. Okay. And plus the investor book. I like that one too. Nice. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing those. And I just want to go back yeah, to what you were talking yeah. about just as far as you wanting to go into investing and then you found a guy. So to me, that goes back to when the guy put the, the pamphlet or the, the binder on your desk and you went to find somebody, right? And they always say like, find that mentor. Even if the mentor doesn't know they're your mentor, right? Let's say it's Oprah or someone out there where you could see what they did and study them 
so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I think for me, like I always thought I had to figure everything out myself. May have been afraid to ask questions. And, and it's like, why are we making life so hard for ourselves? And when I say we, I'm talking about me, you know, <laughs> I'm talking about me. Look, I, look, whoever else, if it's you, you know, you got to deal with yourself on whether it's you or not. But I know I've made life so much harder for myself than I've had to. And it's so many scripts out here that we can follow. And I love how that's what you do. Like, that's what you've done time and time again. I mean, even with the investment, you're saying, you know, you went to a guy and he's helped you because you like what he's doing. Well, and then looking back, once again, you don't know what you don't know. I had a house and I, I love looking in houses. I love to see how people decorate. You know, I just love going in. I'm nosy. And so I went into this condo, fell in love with the condo, but I didn't think I could buy another property. I already had a property and I'm by myself and I only have one income. And, you know, so I told the woman, I can't buy this. I already have a property. She goes, have you ever tried? No. And uh, she goes, why don't you just try? I was in contract within a week Wow. for a condo. And so then I rented out my house to my daughter, but I still didn't understand being an investor. And so when it, when my job was, was going to be eliminated because the company got purchased, I decided to sell both because my condo was going to go into litigation. Uh, so I didn't know how long that I was going to take. So I sold them both to buy the house that I'm in now. Had I known about investing, I would have never let go of either of them and just taken the equity out of them and bought something else and rented those two out. Who cares if the condo is in litigation? I wasn't going to, I didn't have to sell it. Right. Mm. I could have just rented it out and had somebody there and I could have three properties right now. But wow. I nobody taught me that. Didn't know. So you don't know what you don't know. And so fast forward, I'm in a class because I'm a lifelong learner. I love classes. And I'm listening to this gentleman named Gene Rivers. So the one I told you about, it was I was in a room of probably two hundred people and he's talking about why to invest, residual income. This is what I've done. He talks about uh, when you first start out. You buy your first property, you, you keep it until you only owe 50% of its value, and then you take out equity and buy the next one, because it didn't explain how that, that ensures that you're financially liquid, that you're not, you know, taking a chance with your finance. Mm. So it's about 50% equity in every property that you own. And he's going on and on, and he lives in Canada, and he got a place in New York. It's like, you know, and it made me think about the two places that I just sold to get this house. Now, I love this house, but I would have really loved to have those <laughs> two other properties too right so and so that was one of my aha moments and i have talked to him since at the office i started uh, a book club so we're doing the investor group with a couple of other people and and working through that so that's nice nice i love it okay all right so do you have a recommended resource that you would like to share and tell us maybe how you utilize it and it could be Personal, professional, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I would have understood life coaches okay. and, and mentors a lot sooner in my life. It would have helped me focus on what's important and helped me figure out, you know, what's my goal? What's my big why? Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's that strategy to make to, to, in order to accomplish that big why? And then, and the steps needed. But I did it all day in my corporate world. Let me tell you, if I was doing an event, I knew what my goal was and strategy and tactics and ROI. I understood that, but I never understood that that's what I needed to do in my personal life. So a recommendation is that everyone should have a coach. Even if it's a life coach, depending on what you need. Some people have two, they have life coaches and a business coach to help mm-hmm. them grow. I have a business coach right now. I was with Shonda, who we both know with the powerhouse. She was a personal, I think more of a, I, she's a business coach, but she really taught me a lot about me and what I need to do and what I needed to change to be more successful. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Having a coach, just have a coach, reach out. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a formal relationship, right? It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to cost you a thousand dollars a month or, you know, but find, find somebody who's going to mentor you and coach you so that you achieve those goals in your life. So you're not sitting at a bar with a guy named Dave asking you, what's your five-year plan? And you don't even know that somebody did five-year plans, right? I love that. I can agree, you know, and some people know that off the bat and some people 
don't, right? And, and it just takes us, for, for us people that don't, it takes us a lot longer. And then like you, it's like, I'm adamant about telling other people like, look, it doesn't have to take this long, you know? So that's a and good for me, point. Because, because of my age, you know, I'm like, you know, everyone goes, well, what's your five-year and five? I want like a three-year plan where that's what I'm, I'm doing like a three-year plan. So I'm condensing it because I don't have a lot. I mean, I'm in the afternoon of my life, right? I've already lived more than what I'm going to live. And mm. I want to be comfortable in the afternoon of my life. And I, and then I know I want to leave a legacy for my kids. I don't want them to, uh, to struggle. So I want to leave something behind to them. And so I'm hustling right now to get it done. Okay. Well, good for you. Yeah. You're going to get it done. I hope, no doubt, no doubt. All right. So do you have a favorite quote? And if so, do you mind sharing it with us? Well, you've heard me say it, right? You don't know what you don't know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because I'm going to I'm gonna actually title this podcast episode, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. And it's so amazing. I first heard that when I moved here to Florida back in 2017, which is when I actually decided to finally take myself seriously. And don't get me wrong. I've been, it was coming slowly when I, I moved from New Jersey. So it was coming slowly as I was in New Jersey. But once, you know, moving to Florida, I'm like, I'm really going to take myself seriously. So I immersed myself into business classes and different things like that. And I heard someone say, you don't know what you don't know. And it was, again, another one of those emoji head explode moments. And I'm like, wow, you know, so I can't really, you can't beat yourself up for what you don't know. But it's like, okay, you got to, you got to actually try to figure out what you don't know. You do. And, and, and figure out, you know, I, I don't understand money. Well, then what, guess what? Go make an appointment with a financial planner. They will explain it to you mm. so that you're being smart with your money. You're, you're investing correctly. You know, 401ks, 401ks only benefit the company. They don't benefit you, right? Mm. So if they had money in their 401k, they probably lost at least 30% of their money in their 401k, right? And, and so to understand that, because you think, oh, well, I'm maxing out and I got... The corporation is matching me. Well, they're not matching you when you lose 30% of your money. Mm. They, they don't. And so how can you, or when you retire and you take out money from your 401k, will you get 50% of it? Because you haven't paid taxes on that money. Right? Mm. And so you go, I have 100000 in my 401k. Yeah, you really have 50. And so talk to people. Talk to a financial planner if you don't understand, even if you do understand finances, there's so many new programs out there that you could take advantage of, that you should take advantage of. You know, I, I always tell everybody forget 401k because when you retire, it's it's not how much you really think it is. You can make more money in other programs or coaching, you know, all those things because you don't know what you don't know. Mm, good point. Thanks for that. Look, now you got me looking <laughs> sideways at my 401k. Look, because I lost oh, you, a lot. Oh. I don't even want to talk about how much money I lost. I was like, oh, oh. I said, you know what? It'll, it'll come back. You know, there, it's not like I'm retiring next week. Yeah, sometimes it's just better to pull it out and take the hit, right? And then put it in another program. There's a, I forget what the name of it, but there's a program that, it, that when you invest, it stays there. So, and it goes up with the market, but when it goes up, but when the market goes down, it stays flat. Oh, wow. You don't lose. Okay. So I, I'll get the name of it for you. All right, Donna. Well, before I let you go, this is my fun questions. So my yeah. fun questions are, because I love travel, what was your last vacation? What's your favorite vacation spot and where will you be going on your next vacation if you currently have one planned? Well, where was my last vacation? I was in Miami. Okay. It was a work kind of thing. I was uh, doing some side, I had a side hustle with, the mar- with doing some marketing for a company and I had to go to Miami for them and I took a couple, took about a week extra and I love, I love Florida. I love Anywhere where they can speak Spanish, I'm like, oh, like <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're definitely home in Miami. My kind of Spanish, right? My kind of Spanish, right? Because I live in California. Everyone is, you know, Mexican. They speak Mexican Spanish. So okay. And then you can, and then I can find Puerto Rican food in Miami, which I absolutely love. And so I had a great time. My favorite place, I think, anywhere in Europe, Barcelona is one of my favorite places. Okay. If you haven't gone, it's like, you stand there and go, it's just amazing. Wow. And just the history. I like history. Okay. So the history that, that's involved. You know, they have thousands of years of history. Mm-hmm. I'm in California. 
we literally have like 250 years that's it right so that's that's the big difference yeah where am i going to go so once my daughter is healthier and able to uh she wants to go to puerto rico and that's where we're going to go nice nice taking her there yeah she wants to go back home so i'm gonna take her back home good show her where my mom grew up and where my grandmother my grandmother bought a house nice um, yeah my my grandfather died of tv and she took whatever money and bought a little house in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Look how you inspired your grandmother. <laughs> no, she inspired, well, she's inspirational too. Even though she came with those old school kind of where a woman belonged, but she, her husband died. So she, she did buy a house to make sure that she always had a place of her. Yeah, but I did, you know, like it goes both ways. The younger generations can also inspire, you know, back and forth. If we're willing to learn, we can learn from, I know I learn from my six-year-old son all the time. <laughs> right i'm telling you i mean like, like you know it's like one of those how you know you know that kind of thing but it's like you're right like mom you shouldn't, say you no shouldn't more act than like that mom you shouldn't you shouldn't say that mom and i'm like oh, my, my my daughter has always said uh you're being so inappropriate <laughs> what you're six you don't know what appropriate is right <laughs> Oh man, thank you so much, Donna. I enjoyed yeah, this was it so such a much. Great, yes, a great conversation. Nicole, you really made me go down memory lane here. Good, and I loved it. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it too. And I appreciate I all your transparency. But before I let you go, do you have any offers or you know, you want to tell the listeners where to find you, your website, social media, anything like that? Uh, Google my name, you'll find me. I'm with Keller Williams. I'm at 408-421-5856. Everyone should feel free to just text me or call me. I'll answer. I do mentor and coach through Keller Williams. If you need some coaching or some mentoring, I'd be happy to help anybody that, that reaches out and says that they heard it from Nicole. I'll help in any way I can. All right. Well, thanks again, Donna. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. You. Yes. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Until next time, be empowered and empower on.